Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dr. Phil, too, and we are on the Anchored Voice. Have you ever dealt with a loss of a parent, loss of a family member, loss of a spouse, loss of a friend? I'm dealing with that currently right now. I'm dealing with losing my father, and I'm going to talk about that for a little bit today. I feel like I want to help somebody as well as it's therapy for me. Uh, I believe in the anchored voice being a vulnerable uh, podcast and being something that people can relate to, especially men. We're dealing with stuff. So how do we relate to losing somebody we love? Um, how do we process it? How do we deal with it? This is what we're going to talk about here on the anchored voice, helping men to anchor life. Welcome to the Anchored Voice. This is a podcast helping men to anchor life. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Tu. Welcome to the program. All right, I'm back. This is Dr. Phil Tu, and this is the Anchored Voice, helping men to anchor life. Now, currently, I am at my parents' house in Florida, um, not my usual setup. So, you know, I'm also sharing space with so many other family members. I got my aunt, got my cousin, got my sister, got my mother, and have my father downstairs. Uh, he's not able to come upstairs any longer. So guess what? You're going to hear random noises. You're going to hear phones ringing through the podcast. But guess what? We're going to carry on with this podcast, how to deal with a dying father. Now, um, this podcast is for men. This podcast is to help men to anchor life. So uh, there may be other angles to what I'm going to talk about today. Um, but we want you to share what's going on here. You can share this podcast. This is a live podcast, and this will be up on live on um, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. It will be recorded and, and sent over there. So you can also check out what we're doing over on that page in um, in just a few days. I'll edit it, make sure it gets out there. So if you're listening right now, uh, I usually uh, record a few days ahead and then I upload them to uh, whatever podcast download system you are currently using uh, even right now. So I uh, just wanted to express some things and I wanted to thank those who have been praying for us and um, those who have been really keeping in touch with us and, and praying for us through this whole ordeal um, and really uh, just showing a lot of support and a lot of love. I want to thank everyone who has been uh, doing that so far. I wanted to talk about the journey uh, of what I'm dealing with today. Uh, my father has uh, been in stage four cancer uh, at this point. It's pancreatic cancer. Um, so, it's uh, it's pancreatic cancer, and it's something that you really don't return from. I've had my aunt pass away uh, due to the same thing. Uh, my grandfather on my mother's side died of cancer. So cancer is somewhere hereditary uh, in here. Um, so you know, we're talking about this. I mean, uh, we deal with this. Now, I've had friends who have dealt with uh, the loss of their fathers this year, this year. 
Um, and how are we dealing with this? How are you dealing with this? I mean, I've talked to so many people and everybody deals with the loss differently. Uh, so I'm going to give you three ways that we deal with loss, three ways that we deal with loss, especially men that lose their father. I'm going to deal with three ways we can deal with losing our loved one. First, uh, cry. Cry your tears out. It is okay, men. It is okay. Uh, it is okay for men to cry. Matter of fact, you'll be surprised that more men cry than not cry. And for so many ways, so many times, people have told men, you know, oh man, that's that's a, a sign of weakness. That's a sign that you know you're not strong and you're not holding it together. But let me tell you something. Crying is therapeutic. Uh, and especially, you know, I'm not the type of person to really cry in public or cry with family. Uh, my wife will hug the tears out of me. Uh, she's good at that. She's great at that. Um, but, you know, um, I've just found myself sometimes being alone in my own space and cry it out. Just like let it hang, let it go. Because that's where you actually gain your strength by letting your pain out, letting screaming it out, crying it out. Uh, that is how you deal with pain. And, and, and again, everybody deals with pain differently. I say, and I'm just coming from my perspective, cry it out. Okay. Um, thank you, Ebenezer. That's what I'm talking about. You know, uh, let me put that up there. That's my boy, CJ Cares. And matter of fact, this episode of the Anchored Voice is sponsored by CJ Cares Podcast. Go check it out. Uh, that's my boy, Ebenezer. And uh, please go on and check this out, CJ Cares, and you can check him out on Podbean. You can check him out on uh, a variety of uh, downloads, but you want to check out CJ Cares uh, podcast. Uh, so many ways we have to deal with pain and agony. Now, I'm dealing with from the perspective of my father, of how do you deal with from your father? Now, men, we uh, deal with it. Now, this is not my first time dealing with my father through cancer. Uh, I actually, my, in my first marriage, I had to deal with my father, my father-in-law at that time, um, dying of cancer. And I had to go through that process with him. This is not the first go-round. I, I learned how to deal with that. Uh, but it was painful. It was agonizing. Uh, I was there to see his last breath. And um, you know, it, it, it got to the point where he could not walk on his own. It got to the point where I had to carry him to the car. And, uh, when I carried him to the car, uh, took him in the house, carried him in the house. And I tell you what, we were in Thanksgiving that day. And, um, I went downstairs, I went in my own space and went away from everybody. And I just lit my tears out. I cried like I never cried before. Because to see a grown man become, go from strong to where he can't walk, um, that's, that's a painful scenario. Now, again, when you cry and you, you let your tears out, it, it is not a sign of weakness. But again, there is strength and weakness. Uh, and, and yes, you know, to be vulnerable and to be weak that is human. That is just the, what we deal with. We, we are weak. You know, I, I can't come on here and say, hey, you know, I've been strong through this whole thing. Oh, man. Uh, there have been times, um, you know, where I've seen my father deal with sickness or deal with ailments. 
um, where I was just a mess. And, you know, I'll give you a case in point. My mother always reminds me of this. Uh, there was a time my father just fainted a few years back, just fainted, fell on, fell flat on the floor. And I was so shocked it happened. I just ended up staring at him. I, I just ended up staring at him. I could not budge. I could not move. And um, I didn't know what to do. You know, my mother screaming, ah, you know, you know. Mother, you know, she, she just lets it go in a scream. I'm like, the screaming is not going to get him off the ground. <laughs> you know? But neither is my staring. But we, we dealt with it. Uh, we got him back up. Finally, I snapped out of it. We got him back up. And he was fine. At least he says he's fine. Because, you know, men, we, we often tie, hey, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, but come to find out uh, a year later, he, um, he has blood flow in his brain. And that morning, I can see him moving slow throughout the house. I can see him moving, you know, being himself. And um, I can see him really, you know, struggling. And um, man, you know, I was like, what's going on with him? And, um, you know, so then the next thing, uh, my mother sees it, you know, he goes to church. He's a pastor at that time, pastoring in New Rochelle. And uh, he goes to the pulpit. Now he's moving slow, sluggish. Somebody in the church recognizes, starts sitting next to him. Hey, are you okay, Pastor? He says, I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, and uh, then he gets to the microphone. He preaches. He gets through the day. And um, they're eating. And then finally, Mom's like, nah, man, something's not right. So she rushes him to the hospital. And um, I am about to start a business meeting at my church. Now, this business meeting I'm about to start, my church is about to go in on me because I'm about to make a decision, but not make a decision. I'm about to bring to them uh, their attention, some things that need to happen. And they did not like what I was proposing to the church. They were about to go in on me. Okay. I was about to be a fish fry and they ready. Everybody's ready to go in. And I got the phone call. Hey, you know, Poppy's in going to the emergency room. For what? For brain surgery. For what? Oh, man. Ooh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, somebody said they remember that day. Pamela, you remember that day. You were there. Um, and, uh, man, they called me, and I'm like, I'm losing it. I go in the bathroom in my office. I'm losing it. I don't know what to think. I don't know how to think. I don't know how to process this. I just know I'm losing it at that moment. My daughters are upstairs. Uh, they're, they're, they're little kids at the time and I'm losing it. And um, I eventually get myself together. Cause again, once you cry it out, you can kind of control it. But man, let me tell you something. Uh, I came out there and one of my members saw what I was going through. I told them, hey, I got to close this out. Elder, I need you to go in. I need you to tell them we're not going to have this meeting. I got to go to the hospital right now. We are not having this meeting. And he went and told them. And um, one of my members came and hugged me. Oh, I lost it. I lost it again in her arms, you know, because just that embrace. I lost it. 
And, uh, you know, I got it together again. I told the membership, listen, I'm sorry. We're going to have to do this. I can't even function. My brain space is not there. I'm going to the emergency room. We went to the emergency room. Uh, Poppy's alert. He's pretty much, you know, good to go. And But they tell he has to have an emergency surgery the next day. Um, it was a brain hematoma. I uh, hope I'm saying it right. But it was like blood flow in the brain. And they had to drain the brain. So they had that emergency um, operation and uh, came out successful, came out successful. Everything's well. We are praying. We are happy. And um, it was just the first scare. It was just the first moment like, okay, it's time for um, it's time for Poppy to retire from ministry. <laughs> and we were kind of leading up to that already. But, you know, it was definitely time. Uh, my cousin Ryan said, yep. Yep, he remembers that day. So we um, we set up his retirement, and man, it was it was great. It was a great retirement. You know, it was good to see my father retire at a stage in his life where he was uh, strong, he was healthy. Um, you know, a lot of times men, you know, we don't retire until we die on the job. I didn't want to see my dad die on the job. I wanted to see him enjoy life, wanted to see him enjoy life um, after the fact, you know, uh, just to be able to travel, just to be able to be home and relax and not be rushing to this meeting and that meeting. And it was good. I mean, it was a great Great, great. Uh, thank you. Uh, somebody said he was one of the best pastors ever at New Rochelle. Thank you, Pamela. Appreciate that. Um, we, uh, we, we were happy. I mean, uh, let me tell you something uh, about his retirement. It was one of the best. We had some great people to send greetings, to come and say uh, hello and, and, and all of that. Um, I believe even through this, this, this process, we were able to connect with uh, some influential people like um, the Brooklyn Borough president uh, came through. We had the retirement in Queens, but he came from Brooklyn to Queens to give greetings because my dad had pastored in Brooklyn for many years. Um, and then we had David Bratton. He's the one that wrote every praise. He came through and sang every praise. Um, and that was great. We had Dr. Carlton Bird from Breath of Life uh, and also Oakwood University Church. Um, he came, um, he sent a video. Uh, uh, Barry Black sent a video. And then my sister, she worked it out. I don't know how she worked it out, but she got Gloria Gaynor to send a video. Okay, Gloria Gaynor. Um, she sent the video to my dad and, you know, at some other point I'll post some of these videos because I still have them um, in honor of my father. So it was a great retirement. Uh, we loved it. We had a great time. Uh, I can say that he has enjoyed his time. Um, he retired in New York and shortly after that, my mother got a job in Florida and it was a long process moving them out of the house to Florida, okay? It was a long process. You understand when you've been in a house for like 34 years, uh, you know, I'm look, I'm looking at my house. I've been in there for like a year and a half. And that stuff is, there's just stuff in the house. They've had my stuff. 
my sister's stuff. They've had their stuff. It was, it took months to move out of the house. And, uh, you know, thank God for some good friends in Florida. They had some friends in Florida and, and things like that. So anyway, they moved here and, um, it's been a great retirement for him to be in Florida. But now he's dealing with cancer. He's dealing with fourth stage or stage four um, towards the end. And how do you deal with that? Again, I said the first step was to cry, to cry, to cry. Even when you don't know why you're crying, uh, even when you don't understand your tears, just let it out, cry. Uh, that is the key point to dealing with grief. Um, let it out somehow, some form, some fashion, some way. Uh, you've got to let your pain out because it's okay to be in pain. Um, I've been a pastor for 20 years and, you know, um, I've seen people deal with pain differently. And, and, you know, I've heard different statements, oh, you're not over that death yet, or you're not over this yet. No, you never get over it. You just get through. You never get over death. You get through it. And it doesn't matter how many years have passed by. I still remember members who um, I remember, I still have memories of members who I've said goodbye to that have passed away. I've been there for their last breath. And I still remember because there's just something about that transition uh, that you just don't forget. And imagine it's been, you know, for family members I've seen through the years, my grandmother, my great grandmother, um, you know, uh, yeah, you, you don't get over this thing. You just learn how to cope. So I've learned how to be sympathetic to people who are dealing with grief because there's just uh, no way to get over this. You never get over it. You just get through it. So the, sec the second point, the first point is to cry. It's okay to cry. Men, it's okay to cry. Uh, second point is to be there. Just be there for your family. Be there as much as possible. And I learned this early in life. I said, man, you know, me and dad were our Mets fans. And, uh, you know, he took me to a lot of Mets games as a kid. But, you know, uh, I had to learn also, hey, I got to give back. So when I uh, came, became older, I had to um, show him the same respect, take him to Mets game. Thank you, uh, Pastor Paul. All right, uh, Bible boot camp in the morning. Make sure you get up at five. Um, I've had to uh, take him to these games. Take him now. Before he took me, took me to the box seats. You know, I mean the the, the nosebleeds. Anybody ever been to a baseball game and those nosebleeds? Oh yes, 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 yes. I had a fear of heights with uh, those nosebleeds at Shea Stadium, man. But it was great. It was great. Great experiences. Those were the days mom would pack sandwiches and, and chips and, and box drinks and take it to the park. Now you got to spend a whole uh, salary just to buy food when you go to a game. Um, and, I, and I would just try to uh, share those memories. We were there the last year of Shea Stadium. We got to walk around Shea Stadium. We got to touch the outfield, touch the grass, touch the dirt. Um, I took him to his first spring training game uh, a few years ago for the Mets in Fort St. Lucie. After we moved out here, I said, we're going to a spring training game. Now, the last time, it was this year, right before COVID hit, we were able to go to the spring training game. And we were able to, um, I was able to get a foul ball. Now, one foul ball had gone over my head. I couldn't get it. But the next one, I, I, I promise you, I ran over. It came in my row. I went and got it jumped over my dad, and I got that foul ball. 
presented to my dad, here you go, this is yours. But I, it wasn't good enough. I needed a player to sign it. Now, because of the new rules of the netting, they put nets all around so I couldn't really access a player during the game. Because sometimes you go to the bullpen, you get somebody to sign your ball. I got uh, a ball signed years ago. So couldn't do that. So I went outside after the game and told my mother, take that to the car. I'm going to figure out who can sign this ball. And I, stand, I stood out at the gate. And, man, you know, all these players, they were walking by ignoring us, straight ignoring us. I was like, man, I, I get that. You know, this was kind of the uh, the beginning of COVID, and we didn't really know how to address it, how to deal with it, uh, you know, how crazy it was. Uh, so no, not too many players were coming this way. But guess what? Look at God. The owner of the New York Mets, uh, Fred Wilpon, walked by. I got him real quick before anybody got to him. I got to him. I said, listen, I need you to sign this for Poppy. He's dying of cancer. Can you sign this? He signed the ball. I was able to bring the baseball back to Poppy, signed by the owner of the New York Mets uh, to my father. It is important to be there. It is important to share experiences. So you may say, man, I can't afford to get there. Oh, man, you know, it's real dangerous getting there. I advise you just to be there. Ministry of presence goes a very long way. You never want to look back at your parents' life and say, oh, I didn't make it because, or I didn't go because, or I didn't make that phone call because. Make that phone call. Be there. Make sure you are there. Listen, I just came off a um, 30-hour pretty much road trip last week, okay? Uh, before I came here, I had driven to Florida. I had driven back from Florida driven to Rhode Island, driven back to Maryland, driven from Maryland, um, and, and then I'm home. I'm just trying to get as much rest as possible. I'm spending time with my family. I'm seeing my son. You know, we, we had all just been in Florida hanging out with Poppy. He was walking up and down the steps. Uh, he was doing good. But um, then uh, a few days, I'm just like, okay, I just got some rest in. My mother gives me the call. Now, I'm in the grocery store. I'm in the grocery store, and my mother says, mm, you may want to come back. He looks like he's declining. And, uh, man, I'm in the grocery. Do you understand what it is to be in a grocery store or to be in any public place and hear some news that something possibly might be wrong? Oh, man. I couldn't, I couldn't hack it. I couldn't hack it. I finally got whatever shopping I could done. My wife said, come home. I got in that car, okay? I let it go. I let it go. Um, I was able to get through, because thank God for masks, okay? I had a mask on, so nobody could really see how hurt and devastated, devastated I was. Um, got in the car, and I said, I I've got to get to Florida. I was about to drive again, and my body was like, I know your mind's telling you yes, but your body is telling you no, okay? Um, and, you know, our concerns about flying these days and getting in the airlines and just say, hey, we got to do this. I got to do this. I got to get out there without any hesitation. Uh, so flew out here and uh, saw him in the hospital, you know, um, a lot weaker, a lot fainter. Uh, his speech, he's not as vocal as he used to be a week ago. Uh, he's not able to talk as heavy as he did. So uh, things have declined, but he's still holding on. Um, he, he knows, you know, what's going on. His mind is still sharp.
Um, the biggest challenge is just walking him to the bathroom, coming back. Um, the biggest challenge for me, um, I'm here. I'm here. I just had to make sure I'm here. Uh, thank God for a understanding, compassionate wife. Uh, she's taking care of home base while I'm here. So, hey, take as long as you need. And I'm here. That's the first thing. That's the second thing. So cry it out. Ministry of presence. Just be there as much as you can with your family, your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, whatever it is. Be there as much as possible uh, with your family. All right. Now, here's the third one. And this is uh, something that everybody has to grapple with. Accept the reality while you still don't understand God's decision. Accept the reality. Death is upon everyone. Now, um, Lisa, I see you on here. You didn't really have a chance to say goodbye to mom and you went through your, your dad's uh, sister and, and, and all of that stuff and even your father. Uh, and, you know, through this whole pandemic, I've had to cry because I've lost friends. I've lost Greg Hodge. Now, Greg Hodge, you know, I didn't know, we weren't tight, but knew him very well all through the years. And when I got the news that he passed of um, COVID, I lost it again. <laughs> I'm sitting there with my wife and just losing it, you know, because crying is just how we are dealing with our pain. So I've had to deal with pain through this COVID. And I'm sure many of you out there, I've, I've seen my friends lose their father, my boy, Timothy, Anderson, I've seen Nerva Altino, um, I've seen my members um, lose uh, their father and husband. Uh, it's been hard, it's been a hard year in 2020. It's been a hard year. Mm, man, we've lost, I've lost a camp director. Um, we've lost some people along the way. And some, some of you, um, and even uh, I'm, I'm talking to another young man who lost his father to COVID. Uh, some of you weren't able to say goodbye and, and be there like you wanted to be because hospitals were shut down. You couldn't even get into the emergency room. I'm blessed to be here today to be able to say bye and to be able to say, I love you. I'm able to do that. To be there. Be there with your family. Be there with your friends. Whatever you gotta be there for, you gotta be there. We're gonna suffer. We're going to deal with pains and the scars of life. But we're not able. We're not able to um, understand everything that God allows. We forget there's an enemy to our soul. We forget. Um, we forget there's an enemy and he's trying to take us out, especially fathers. Fathers that have tried to be there for their kids Fathers that have tried to be there in the home. Um, I mean, listen, Father's Day just went by, it goes by, it goes. 
And, you know, it's not the biggest event of the year. Let me tell you something. There is something to ex- it, trying to figure out why are sometimes our fathers going before our mothers? You know, why, why, you know, have they put in all this work? You know, uh, why are they going? And we don't understand it. We don't understand God's decision. But what we do know, that God is in charge because he's a father who had to lose his son. He's a father who has to lose his children every day. Every day God has to lose. And guess what? God the Father has lost a lot of children, and he's a perfect father. So all of you looking for this perfect person out there, we understand our fathers aren't perfect. I'm not a perfect father. I've just tried my best to be there for my kids. Um, the toughest part is being a father, going through a divorce, not being there for your kids every day. So we deal with the pain of trying to be there as much as we can as fathers. We don't want to be absent. We don't want to be absent as sons, and we don't want to be absent as fathers. So first thing, crying. Yes, I'm crying. Um, second thing, be there, the ministry of presence, and accept the reality, even through death, even when you don't understand God's decisions. God is still in control, and God, uh, all I can do is resolve. I'm in pain, I'm suffering, but um, I'm resolving that God will fix this one day. So go through your pain. Listen, it's okay to be in pain and be faithful to God. It's okay to cry it out and still be faithful to God. Uh, all right, let me explain these um, things in the back. I'm, I'm kind of in the loft of my parents' house. And um, kind of, I, I just propped up these albums. Uh, that's Sandy Patty. That's probably one of the first artists I learned about. That's Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Um, I learned first music on vinyl records, okay? Uh, a lot of y'all young folk don't know what I'm talking about. Let me show you what a vinyl vinyl record looks like, okay? Let me slip it out right here. This is how my father raised me, okay? This first had these big headphones and I had these, and Sandy Patty was definitely one of the first artists um, that I learned about, and I used to sing her songs as a kid until puberty hit. I could no longer sing uh, those high pitches any longer. <laughs> um, we raised up on just good music, Walter Hawkins, Andre Crouch. Um, that was my dad. Uh, one day, and I'll tell you this quick story, and then I'm, I'm going to get out of here. One day, um, he had this Edwin Hawkins Christmas tape, 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 tape. I don't know if I have a tape. We got so many old school stuff around here. I still have a VH, VHS, um, VHS stuff, you know. And you ain't you ain't in a Christian home until you, you know, old school Christian home until you got some videos. This is like Larnell Harris, Phil Driscoll, um, Twyla Paris. Oh man, Mom and Pop Winans, Take Six, Take Six is on here. Okay, shout out. Anyway, um, 
we, um, yes, well, we did, you know, and so I was into rap at that point. Um, I was into rap and uh, love you, Deb. Love you, love you. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Love you, love you. And um, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I taped over, I put some rap music over it. Oh, man. Now, he had dozens of these. He had dozens of these tapes. Okay, he had thousands of these tapes. So I took one. And you know, you always, you knew how to break a tape. You break that little thing on the top and you could record over the tape. And um, man, he was so mad. He was livid because he found it. He found that one day he had billions of Edwin Hawkins Christmas tapes. So he would give out tapes at church. He would give out to friends and he'd do all that kind of stuff. And um, man, he was so mad. <laughs> Um, and I, and in fact, in fact, I told one of the, uh, the Edwin, the person who introduced me to Edwin Hawkins, I told him about that story. He's laughing. I have that on, uh, the mega voice podcast. Anyway, everybody, um, just wanted to share with you, uh, my process, how I'm dealing with it. Um, I will be sharing a lot more. I will be on the podcast a lot more. As you see, the house is getting a little crowded. People are talking, but I want to thank you uh, sharing this time with me. So three things I want you to get out of this podcast here. I'm going to upload this uh, very soon to uh, Apple Podcasts, to Stitcher, to Spotify. We're on all of that. Uh, first thing, cry. It's okay to cry, men, 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 men. Cry. Cry. Um, I'm sharing, I'm shedding my tears constantly. Sometimes just go to bed cry. But it's okay. Let the tears out. Be there. Be there. Okay. There is a ministry of presence. Ah, somebody has a, uh, a, a cassette tape from dad. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Ministry of presence goes a long way. Be there for your family. Be there as much as you can. Again, this is my second week in Florida. I had to fly back out here just so we can be here. Uh, this won't be, I've scheduled pretty much a trip every uh, month to be in Florida. I've been in Florida every month, even through the pandemic. I found a way to drive, get in the car. I think April I missed, um, get in the car and just drive. But we're here. And uh, you know, the next thing, the next thing is to accept the reality while, you know, st staying faithful while staying faithful, while understanding that God is in control. You, you won't understand everything. Stop trying to understand everything. You will not. You will not understand. I don't, I don't understand. My dad doesn't understand sometimes. You will not understand everything. So just accept the reality. This is where we are. This is the stage we are living in. People are dying. Millions, we can blame politicians. We can blame people that are not making right decisions. People are not wearing masks. We don't understand what God is doing, but God is doing something. And, and that's all I can tell you. I, I, I'm just, my prayers have changed. Uh, I, I've been pretty much good at praying for healing for a lot of people, a lot of members. And I've seen a lot of people healed. I've seen a lot of people healed. Um, I like that. You will not overstand. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I've seen people heal through prayers I've done, but not every prayer is the prayer for healing. Sometimes 
You just want when a person dies, you want their soul saved, you want them as comfortable and loved as possible. That's it. That's your job. Your job is not to do be God and bring people back to life. Sometimes you've just got to send them off in the most peaceful way. Listen, we are created on purpose for a purpose. But because we accepted death at the Garden of Eden, this is what we deal with today. We deal with the decision that we have made. And we know that because God is the great God, we know that he's going to fix this one day. He has a plan. He has a plan. Um, yes, Leandra, we don't, we can't understand God's ways because his ways are not our ways. But he does have a plan. Trust me, he has a plan. And uh, when you see God working his plan, he's working it. I mean, trust me, through all the curses this, this last four, six months, uh, through all the curses, you've seen some blessings as well. Take, take this time to get closer to your father, God the Father. Take time to love on your father, your earthly father. Take time, man. Um, I remember that song by uh, Luther Vandross, if I can dance with my father again. And I now have a better understanding of that song. I didn't understand it then, but I understand it right now. And I'm grateful I've had time to walk my father, hang with him, pray with him, pray over him. Uh, I'm grateful that every day I have with him, I'm grateful. I'm in pain, I'm hurting, but I am grateful to God. He's given me time to say goodbye. I'm Dr. Phil, this is the Anchored Voice. Please um, like our page. Uh, we're on, this is the Anchored Voice, helping men to anchor life. Uh, Download our podcast. Uh, I'll be talking about many issues that deal with men and so many things to come. Uh, this is a McGuire Entertainment Group product, and we are um, creating Christian content to help people. But this is a podcast helping men to anchor life. We thank you again for joining our podcast. We thank you so much for your prayers, for your love, for all that you bring to the table here. Man, we love you. We love you. God bless you from Dr. Phil, the Wesley family. Um, thank you to all those who have shared their love on this podcast and also who continue to pray. This is a podcast helping men to anchor life, the anchor voice. Thank you for listening to the anchored voice. For the video edition of this, subscribe to our YouTube channel, McGuire ENTV, for audio. Listen on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. Until next time, stay anchored.